This is Data Podcast. In the ever-changing world of data, this is the podcast packed full of information to keep you right on top of all the developments. From AWS and Azure, through to data science, big data, AI and NoSQL, and everything in between, we cover the essential updates from both a technical and non-technical perspective, including special guests and in-depth interviews. Now, please welcome your hosts, Rajiv Baha and Shabnam Khan, with today's episode of Data Podcast. Our guest today is Dharma Shukla. Dharma is a distinguished engineer at Microsoft. He is the general manager of Azure Cosmos DB. He is the founder of Azure Cosmos DB, which was launched officially in May 2017. It is Microsoft's globally distributed multi-model database service for managing data at planet scale. One interesting full fact about him that he has more than 60 patents in technology industry and he's a long distance runner. With that said, I'm your host Rajib and Shabnam is co-hosting with me today. Welcome to our show, Dharma. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, Dharma. We are so excited to have you as our guest. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here as well. Thanks. Thank you. My first question is, why the name Cosmos? And how did Cosmos DB started at Microsoft? Uh, why did you decide to build Cosmos? And I heard that it is used extensively within uh, Microsoft. Is that true? Yeah, so, um, you know, we started uh, Cosmos DB. Um, the journey actually began in uh, 2010. Back in uh, the day, um, I observed that uh, there are many, many teams inside Microsoft uh, which were building um, massively scalable applications like Office, Windows, Xbox, and so on. They were all looking for a database that allows them to get uh, really low latency uh, all around the world. So they wanted a globally distributed database that, you know, allows them to build highly responsive user experiences where the users are distributed all around the world. And uh, they wanted the database to be highly available. They wanted uh, programmable consistency. They wanted to scale throughput and storage elastically and again, globally. And most importantly, they wanted to operate uh, at a very low cost. So back in the day, I had a working prototype and, you know, many of these teams were were building their own scaffolding on top of uh, sharded SQL server and, you know, a bunch of open source, um, no SQL database, uh, database, databases. And so uh, I had a working prototype back in the day, you know, uh, some team in Microsoft, um, they, they tried it and it turned out that they, it met their requirements and, um, so they proposed that you know we should uh, we should pro- productize this uh, into a service that they can use. So I proposed that uh, we uh, build a Azure service, which is a globally distributed database service, which both internal applications at scale can use and external developers, Azure developers can also use. So that was sort of the the birth of uh, this project back in 2010. We named it Project Florence and. I effectively threw away uh, all the code that I had and decided to build the system from scratch. So the idea back then was that, you know, we, we of course, build it for uh, first parties, validate it, and, and then expose it to external de- Azure developers. And we wanted to build uh, the system uh, designed for the cloud. Um, the idea was that uh, this will be the system that is going to be the, the, the future of Microsoft's database technology, you know, this is the this is the database 
designed for the cloud and it would last decades. So uh, we designed it around three fundamental cloud properties. Uh, one of them is uh, the fact that cloud enables global distribution. So we wanted to have uh, global distribution as a sort of the, the, the core pivot around which all of the, the rest of the system is built. The second was uh, elastic scalability. So we wanted to build a horizontally partitioned system that would allow developers to scale throughput and storage uh, all around the world. And the third pillar or the property that we wanted to exploit was of multi-tenancy. Cloud uniquely enables building systems that are multi-tenant. And so we wanted to build a system that uh, is fully resource governed uh, from, from top to bottom and allows us to pack uh, hundreds of customers and their workloads on a single machine and thousands of customers and their workloads around the cluster, uh, across the cluster uh, and across data centers uh, within a region. So um, global distribution, elastic scalability, and, uh, and multi-tenancy were the three foundational properties around which uh, we decided to build um, this system. So that was how Project Florence started. And, you know, it's been seven years. At this point, um, uh, to your question, it is uh, virtually uh, used by almost uh, all the teams inside Microsoft. And um, it is a ring zero service of Azure, which is which means that it is available in all regions in Azure. So anytime Azure opens a new region, and I think Azure runs right now in 40 plus regions. So anytime Azure opens a new region, Cosmos DB is installed by default. And it's a foundational service. So all other Azure services um, uh, take a dependency on Cosmos DB and they build upon it. So it's sort of at the, in terms of layering, it is at the bottom of that stack, Azure stack. So seven years later, you know, developers inside Microsoft, applications inside Microsoft betting on it. And um, so in um, earlier this year, we decided to launch it for the rest of the world. And we decided to call it Cosmos DB because uh, it is a name that is symbolic of our ambition. It is a name that uh, reflects the, the fact that uh, it is uh, truly a Cosmos scale uh, database system. Wow. We truly hope that someday it will be served in other planets as well, uh, just like Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just curious, how, what is the programming language in which Cosmos DB is written? It's, um, it's by and large, it's C++. Uh, we use C++ uh, and C. Uh, that is, uh, you know, bulk of the code base, um, you know, many, many millions of lines of code is, uh, is just straight C, C++. And, and there, are, there are some um, components that are written in uh, C Sharp. That's, this is largely all of these uh, C++, C, and some um, small amount of C Sharp is on the server side. And the client-side drivers are written, you know, in, in different languages, Java, C-sharp, uh, Python, and so on. But uh, server-side is all largely C, C++. Amazing. I know that you have touched a little bit on this, but I just wanted to know what makes Cosmos DB so special? And can you give us a little more insights into its capabilities? Yeah, so uh, Cosmos DB's capabilities can be summarized as follows. Uh, number one, Cosmos DB is... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, is Microsoft's globally distributed database system. And this is sort of the fundamental uh, capability that uh, all other capabilities uh, revolve around. So what I mean by global distribution is that Cosmos DB makes the data 
available wherever the users are. So you get a single system image of your table or your database, but the replicas are distributed all around the world. Now, bear in mind that Cosmos DB is a ring zero or the foundational service of Azure. That means that every time Azure opens a new region, Cosmos DB is installed by DB. So it's present everywhere. And then uh, by virtue of uh, automatic and transparent replication, it makes the data available everywhere around the world. Now, when you are an app interacting with Cosmos DB, you get effectively logical endpoint to interact with the table. So you can do, you know, CRUD and query against your table while using logical endpoints. And so the, the value of this is that whenever there is a regional disaster, uh, you don't have to redeploy your app. You can also add and, re, uh, add and remove regions associate or disassociate regions with your table at any point in time. So these are all of the capabilities that uh, that are that we have built around this fundamental thing that is global distribution. What it enables, this, this global distribution enables is this other subsequent capabilities that I'm about to describe. In that, the first one is that by virtue of the fact that uh, Cosmos DP is globally distributed database, it guarantees low latency worldwide. So we offer less than 10 millisecond reads and write latencies uh, at the 99th percentile anywhere around the world. And the, 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 the reason we can offer this is by virtue of the fact that the replication protocol uh, that, that, that is central to uh, this globally distributed database is designed in a manner that both reads and writes are served always locally from the region. So we never have to cross, you know, other regions to serve a read, or uh, uh, so. So that's that's uh, that's the, the the reason why we can offer uh, guaranteed low latency at the 99th percentile. It is also highly available because it is globally distributed, and because there is so much amount of redundancy, the system is highly available, and uh, uh, so 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 high availability is sort of like built in. The other aspect, which is which is uh, other capabilities, which is also uh, it, uh, you know it's, a, it's it, it is a part of this uh, the fact that we are a global disparate database is that the system is is horizontally partitioned and it allows you for elastically scaling storage and throughput all around the world. So not only you can elastic many systems exist which allow you to scale throughput uh, within a single data center or within a single region. But here with Cosmos DB, you can you can scale throughput all around the world. So you can say, I want one million transactions per second on the East Coast between nine to ten a.m. in the morning, and then uh, I just want thousand transactions per second on the West Coast uh, at the same time or at different times. And you do that by what you are simply making API. You don't have to provision PMs, or you have to you don't need to you know, get any downtime while you are scaling throughput. And customers regularly scale up to 10, 20, 30 million transactions per second all around the world. That is, and then uh, depending on the workload and they reduce it uh, when they don't need it. So you, you only have to pay for what transactions and um, storage that you need. But again, you can do that all around the world. So the fact that it is a globally distributed database enables low latency which is guaranteed 
at the 99th percentile. It enables high availability. It enables scaling, storage, and throughput. Uh, all of these things are are done in a in a global manner. Finally, when you are when you are when you are programming against Cosmos DB as an application developer, most uh, database systems, which are horizontally partitioned systems, they give you um, you know two choices as far as uh, data consistency goes. You either get to choose strong consistency, where you get um, a nice programming model, an intuitive programming model, but it comes at the cost of high latency or low availability in the case of failures. Or you get to choose eventual consistency, which uh, offers very poor programming model, but you enjoy low latency or high availability. So these are two extreme choices. You know, you have to either take the red pill or the blue pill. Instead, what Cosmos DB has done, it has um, it has harvested you know across numerous uh, consistency models that have been proposed uh, over many decades in distributed systems uh, research, and has harvested uh, five well-defined uh, consistency models. For each of these consistency models, first of all, we have precisely defined it using TLA plus specification language, and each of these consistency models that I'm about to describe have enable they enable real world uh, scenarios. So, and we have tried it uh, using Microsoft internal first party applications at scale as well as external customers. So these five consistency models are uh, strong consistency, which gives linearizable guarantees, bounded stateless consistency where reads lag behind writes by delta t uh, session consistency where you get uh, monotonic read monotonic writes uh, read your write guarantees consistent prefix consistency and eventual consistency now what we found is that when we offered these five well defined consistency models instead of just strong and eventual most customers ended up choosing this intermediate consistency models that we've offered that shows that uh, there is uh, these enable real world scenarios and there are applications which uh, get benefited from this consistency model. So this is again um, a, a, a defining or providing these well-defined consistency models and multiple choices here is, is a central thing that we have to do because we are a globally distributed database system. Uh, similarly, uh, and finally, I think the, the the other capability that we offer to application developers is the fact that you don't have to manage schemas or secondary indexes at all. Cosmos DB is capable of automatically indexing everything it ingests. And this is a very, you know, we, we say, you know, no SQL databases are schema free and that uh, you don't need schemas and, um, you know, or you... You, I've heard terms like NoSQL databases are dynamically typed databases. While all of that is, uh, you know, great for developers and it, it improves developer productivity, in the context of a globally distributed database, being completely not requiring schema or secondary indexes is, a, is in my mind, a prerequisite. Because uh, as an application developer, when you have a database which is distributed across 10, 20 regions, you just can't afford at this massive scale afford to do alter table or create and drop index things like that 
So uh, Cosmos DB, by virtue of having a schema agnostic database engine, uh, ensures that developers can roll out application changes, evolve application level data models anytime without worrying about, uh, you know, dealing without having to deal with schema or index management. So all of these capabilities, guaranteed low latency, high availability, well-defined consistency models, not requiring schemas at all, and ability to scale um, uh, storage and throughput all around the world. These are all the capabilities that are built around this fundamental uh, pivot of global distribution. And uh, finally, uh, we offer, uh, because we're a globally distributed database, just high availability SLAs are not sufficient. And to that end, we offer uh, guaranteed financially backed SLAs for throughput, um, uh, latency at the 99th percentile, consistency, and high availability worldwide. So we are the first and only uh, database system, which is a globally distributed database system in the cloud, which offers these comprehensive financially backed SLAs. So these things, um, you know, being a globally distributed database and enabling global distribution in a turnkey manner, providing comprehensive SLAs around, uh, you know, scaling throughput, uh, latency at the 99th percentile, uh, uh, well-defined consistency models, and uh, high availability are again very differentiated and, and these are the central sort of capabilities that we offer to developers. Oh, amazing. I remember reading an article that was mentioning that uh, Facebook uses the model which is uh, known as uh, eventual consistency. Now, when it comes to its uh, complete opposite end, uh, like completely opposite uh, spectrum, which publicly known company uses something that is much more uh, stringent? I think um, if you if you're looking for examples where databases offer uh, strong consistency, think uh, single machine uh, systems, scale up systems, historically uh, have offered uh, uh, strong consistency in in relation traditional relation database relational databases. They offer uh, serializability uh, guarantees as a part of the the transaction model that uh, databases offer. Um, when uh, when the NoSQL movement started about a you know a, a, a decade ago, um, the horizontally partitioned databases had to deal with the the fundamental trade-off between consistency and availability. And many databases have been designed to forego strong consistency. And so at scale, um, they they end up choosing eventual consistency. So and and so effectively, you know, the world is divided between these two types of you know extreme choices and what we found is that um, uh, although despite you know years and years and years of research in distributed systems and databases uh, in terms of uh, finding um, more relaxed but yet programmable consistency models no commercial database um, had uh, you know productized um, these consistency models that were proposed in the research arena but um, they were never, you know, real, really commercialized. So uh, it, to, to that extent, uh, Cosmos DB is um, the first system that, that has identified these sort of shades of gray between, uh, you know, these two black and white extremes. But to answer your question, m many of the traditional, um, you know, single machine databases uh, qualify and they provide, um, you know, strong guarantees. Nice. I mean, I heard about uh, the auto index feature you mentioned earlier. 
in a podcast episode of uh, Daily Skeptic. And it sounded really cool that uh, developers won't have to create indexes and it will be done automatically. And now, uh, one thing I was just uh, curious, uh, does it use any existing algorithm in computer science realm or is this something propriety your team have built or how does it uh, know like uh, uh, how to keep track of what data uh, to know that, uh, okay, uh, maybe this will be the most used index or something like that? Yeah, so um, the, the the basic idea for automatic indexing, as we call it, is uh, is a customer-facing feature. And um, the database engine that we've designed uh, is completely schema agnostic. It does not require any schema or, or uh, secondary indexes specify specifications from developers. And the way we automatically index everything that we ingest, this engine does it, is by virtue of um, the, the the logical layouts. So it, uh, be, the, the central idea is that we have decoupled the, the physical index structure from the logical index structure. And by virtue of creating this indirection, we are able to uh, effectively take every record that we ingest and turn it into a logical layout. So to give you an example, imagine that a, a table is ingesting, you know, you're bombarding 5,000 requests, inserting 5,000 uh, records uh, every second. What the, what, the, what the service does is that every record that it ingests, it will turn it into um, a, a logical layout as an example of that logical layout is a you know column store layout or a tree layout so for example if it if it represent it takes the record the, the textual representation of the record and turns it into a tree structure the way the transformation to the tree layout is done is that uh, the leaves of the tree uh, usually contain the values mm-hmm. uh, the, or the the values of the rows and the paths from the root to the leaves correspond to the columns. And by virtue of uh, representing the the record that was inserted into a tree representation, uh, effectively the system uh, has, uh, by doing this kind of uh, a well-known transformation, the database engine at this point uh, is completely agnostic of uh, any schema or, or uh, index um, specified from, uh, from by the developer, and imagine those five thousand records that it ingested in a second. It turns each one of them into it materializes them into these tree structures. Then it identifies all of the commonality of the paths across these five thousand trees, and it dedupes them. And here, you know, it does more optimizations about how these paths are encoded in the trees, how um, the the commonality is identified. How do we identify, you know, trees that are sharing the common structure? But while on on the right path, while on the ingestion path, it is just operating across these, you know, uh, trees. Um, and then it does large sequential flushes of these different paths on on the disk. So. In the process, the, 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 there is no dependency whatsoever on schema. Every record that, you, that uh, uh, the system would have ingested could belong to completely different schema altogether. I, imagine you are just all those 5,000 5, 5, records consisting purely of GUIDs. 
of different structures of different depths of hierarchy uh, of the records uh, but uh, the system has no knowledge of the schema but it is able to if you ask the system that hey give me all the schemas for the table because the table can have more than one schema because every record could potentially belong to a completely different schema so it is able to give you back the schema if you need on demand but it does not require any schema or indexes from you by virtue of this logical tree representation similarly we have other representation column store is another representation and uh, these different logical layouts or representations they reference each other so that we can optimally store um, you know all of these automatic automatically indexed content on this in a very efficient way and the query processor the converse happens in the query processing path when the queries are served uh, the queries operate over these uh, indexes that are just represented as uh, as these trees and uh, uh, and the queries uh, the query processor is designed to and the query optimizer they are de all designed to work off of these logical layouts so by virtue of um, turning um, the actual records into logical uh, uh, transforming them into these logical layouts like trees and columns effectively um, on the right path during ingestion or on the query path um, we don't require any help from developers um, uh, in terms of schemas and indexes and by the way we published um, core design of the system uh, in, a, in in the in the bldb uh, one of the bldb papers uh, a couple of years back and since then we evolved the system uh, quite a bit it has gotten extremely complex at this point however uh, the core principles that were described in the bldb paper uh, still remain oh that's great if you don't mind i will email you to get a link to that uh, literature material yeah. so that uh, our colleagues and peers can also learn about this and read some really interesting uh, technical materials <clears throat> we would like to know what are the new capabilities or features your team is working on tarma so uh, you know today we at ignite we announced uh, our integration with uh, azure functions and uh, that is um, by virtue of uh, that integration you can now build a globally distributed serverless applications um, which will you know guarantee which will guarantee you high availability low latency allow you to elastically scale throughput all around the world all by uh, being completely serverless so this is a sort of a happy marriage between event driven programming which is purely serverless using azure functions as well as uh, cosmos db which is sort of the backing store that generates these uh, change events that um, the azure functions uh, subscribe to and you can write your application logic so uh, the net of that is that you can build globally distributed serverless applications so we announced that at ignite today what we are working on moving forward our the 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 current set of things that um the team is building we are we are doing a lot of investments in uh, our global distribution capability i i can't give all the details but a lot of work is going on that will significantly deepen our our because global distribution is the sort of the central pivot of the system and we are doing a lot of feature work which is uh, really really cool set of capabilities that we are going to announce for developers we are working on on uh, which all revolve around global distribution so that's that's one 
we're also adding we are going to do ga uh, make the make the support for premium tables as well as uh, gremlin graph capabilities we, we are going to announce the ga uh, for these capabilities um, uh, soon so that's um, another uh, set of things we are doing we're also adding other other apis uh, like cassandra hbase and so adding more and more of these popular apis so we can uh, enable an existing uh, say cassandra application or hbase application and some others which i won't go into detail right now but so you can take existing applications written against uh, popular databases and now it's simply retargeted to talk to uh, cosmos db and you get all of the capabilities that i described without having to rewrite your app so so we are doing that uh, <clears throat> we are also working on consistency models uh, beyond the five that we have released and so there are a set of things that we are doing in that space yeah so so these are these are some of the capabilities that we are we are working on oh that's amazing um, looks like you are shipping a lot of features every every few weeks right yeah how, yeah how do you go about uh, doing that i mean don't you get stressed out <laughs> no it's a you know cosmos db is, is a mission for us you know we we really we 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 love the fact that customers um, love using the service uh, so much and it's you know we are solving real pain points that uh, developers have uh, in terms of data management so it's really exciting and i don't think uh, I, i don't see us getting tired of it it's in fact um, very energizing <laughs> and uh, it's very uplifting to hear uh, your team's passion and your passion about uh, this uh, amazing product your team have built so Thank you for uh, this inspiring interview. Uh, Shabnam, do you have anything to ask? Uh, well, we are almost at the end of this episode and we have learned a lot. Uh, it was really really motivational and to see how enthusiastic you are about your projects and all the deadlines you guys have at Microsoft. Before you go, away, if you don't mind sharing with us how um, the listeners and whoever is um, you know working on the field can connect with you on Twitter or the professional network. That would be awesome. Yeah my uh, twitter handle is uh, @dharmashukla so you you can reach out anytime if um, if you have any questions on cosmos db feel free to reach out uh, either my email alias uh, e- email address uh, dharmas@microsoft.com or um, you can send a mail at askcosmosdb@microsoft.com yeah either way you will get a very prompt response uh, and you can uh, of course reach out to me on twitter That's great. And is there a, a hashtag in Twitter we can follow as well? Absolutely, hashtag #CosmosDB. Okay, awesome. Thank you for joining us, Anharma. We really loved uh, conversing with you, and again, uh, we're very inspired by your uh, discussion. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much for having. Me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Data Podcast. You're welcome to follow our hosts on Twitter at Rajib2K5 at Shabnam Khan2017. and on YouTube at youtube.com/rajib2k5 our episodes are also available via iTunes SoundCloud Google and other podcasting platforms thank you for tuning in <laughs>